What's up, everybody? I'm back. Still not a hundred percent, but what are you gonna do? So, like I said, you're gonna hear in the episode. This is gonna be this episode one more, and then you're not gonna hear from me for three weeks because I'm gonna be out of the country. So, I'm trying to do as much content as I can. Of course, being sick wasn't in my plans, so I'm try I'm trying to pump out as much content as I can. Um, I'm gonna try to record a bunch of YouTube videos tomorrow, both MMA related and music related, and have them all out by next week. If you hear me kind of breathing hard, it's because I need a cough. I'm trying to hold it in, but it's not working out. So, again, just next week, I mean this week and next week, and then you're not going to hear from me for about three weeks. Sorry, guys. Um, Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M. And if you haven't already, please follow the YouTube channel, Punch in the Mouth TV. Yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Deuces. Oh, yeah. And I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain now. It's pretty cool. Alright, later guys. Peace. What's going on, everybody? I'm back. I'm still pretty sick, but we're still going to get through this. I took a week off last week because I got really sick. <coughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So we're going to get through this. So let's see. We're going to talk about UFC 280. We're going to talk about the UFC fight night last week. We'll talk about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, how everybody thinks that's rigged. Not rigged. Like. I like how people want something to be wrong to not give him his credit. Like, you want to look at it, let's look at it. Anderson was 47 years old. He's not the same guy that was in the Matrix doing what he did to Rich Franklin, doing what he did to countless of other middleweights up until he fought Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman caught him and, like, Anderson fell from grace at that point, you can say. Because, like, what else can we say, huh? Tell me. Like, he's old, man. Like, Yoel would have a hard time. Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero is like 53. But Yoel still looks better than Anderson at this point. My point is, let's give Jake Paul his due. He won the fight. What he should do now is go and fight a real boxer. But for whatever reason, Tommy Fury keeps saying, I don't believe him until he fights me. But every time they're booked to fight, something odd ends up happening with Tommy Fury. So, that's not Jake's fault. That's Tommy Fury's fault. So, we'll see what happens there. What I would like to see from Jake next, I mean, there's Diaz, but then there's also the thing that Diaz could sit on the shelf for a whole year just to wait for the negotiating contract and the non-compete clauses to expire. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But besides that, we got UFC 280 because we were off last week. We got the Cater versus Arnold fight night. 
We got Marino Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemus preview coming up. What else we got? We're going to talk about UFC 281. We're going to talk about Ryzen versus Bellator. We're going to talk about Bellator's Patricky Pitbull versus Usman Nurmagomedov. And Vadim Nankov versus Corey Anderson 2 card taking place November 18th. I still have to reach out to Francis's manager and I will reach out to PFL to see if they can tell me anything about the pay-per-view. It should be coming out soon. It should be coming out soon, but we shall see what happens there. Why is this so loose? I don't know. Did this thing fall? Hold on. Sorry about that. So now we're back. Okay. So we're going to talk about, what was I saying? We're going to talk about the preview, Ryzen versus Bellator. We're going to talk about Patricky Pitbull versus... Usman Nurmagomedov. The reason I'm talking about all this now, even though I know it's coming up, is because I only got this show and next week's show, and then I'm off for about three weeks because I'm going to be out of the country, so you guys won't hear from me for a while. So, like, we're going to try to cover everything we can, and I'm going to try to have some YouTube videos out. Getting sick really put a, a fork in the road for my plans. I apologize, guys. I didn't plan on getting sick, but I did, so... We're going to deal with that, but let's get into it. First up, UFC 280. First of all, this is what I want to say. This is what I'm going to say about this. First of all, I hit the wrong tab. Islam Mahashev is everything he said he was and more. He ran through Charles Oliveira, okay? He ran through him. Like, I remember seeing the fight, and at some point, you could see in Charles' face, like, why did I pull guard? Because Charles pulled his guard. Thinking he's going to get him in a triangle or something. But you could immediately tell Islam's top pressure was too much for him. Islam Mahashev. And then on the feet, Islam, I told you, I told you, whoever gets the better of the feet will win this fight. Islam caught him twice. The f- The first time he, 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 didn't, he didn't swarm on him. But the second time he did, oh my God. And like as soon as he got the, the, the arm triangle, he knew he won that fight. Because as soon as he cinched it up, Charles tapped. Charles tapped. So now the question becomes, what's next? Well, luckily, we don't have to look too far. Because Alex Wokonowski, as I said before, was the backup. And now, it seems that the Perth card is lining up for that to be the first title defense. And for Alex to be um, able to try to achieve champ champ status. Because Islam is already number three on the pound for pound ranking. That's how high they had Charles. Like, Charles went down four spots. So he was one, two, three, four. He was number three. Because now he's one, two, three. But yeah, now he's number seven. And he ran through Charles, okay? Like, he made it look easy. That's how I'm telling you. It was nuts, okay? Nuts. So now we get. Arguably the two best grapplers in the UFC. Like, it's interesting to me because people are saying, well, Islam's bigger, Islam's this, Islam's that. Do you guys understand that Volkanovski's one loss was, I believe, at middleweight or welterweight? I don't know. I know it wasn't featherweight or lightweight. Let let me go check to to tell you guys. But you guys do understand that this guy's fought at like three different weight classes, right? I want to say it's at welterweight. I think middleweight is too much. Although it might be, but I'm going to check. A welterweight tournament fight. And it was only his fourth fight. And he's been a champion at welterweight. He's been a champion at lightweight. And he's been a champion at featherweight. So this guy's fought in three different weight classes. 
If you guys are telling me he can't compete with Islam Mahashev at lightweight, you're wrong, man. You're dead wrong. And uh, for me, where this fight's gonna be won and losses in the clinch, like not even in the wrestling. Like if he takes him down, okay. Didn't Brian get him down and almost choke him out and he still went to the ground with him? I understand it's different, yes. Yes, it's very different, but at welterweight is his only loss. He was three and one. Now he's twenty five and one. He's on like a twenty something win streak, bro. He's like on a twenty two fight win streak. Man, that's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a crazy fight. I can't wait for that fight. Let's move on. Al Jermaine Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Crazy fight. <laughs> Sorry about that. Aljo did bring up the point that you didn't see TJ throughout like the embedded and none of that. But there was good reason for that. TJ was hiding an injury. He and he even said after the after the um after the fight, I should have told the UFC. I didn't tell anybody. I should have told them. I didn't. I, I feel bad for holding up the division. I don't think he should feel bad, but he should have told them. And he probably could have fared a little bit better in his title fight down the line. They probably could have done something. And then, because it was, it was, it would like, to put it mildly, like that fight was disastrous in the sense that as soon as he took him down, like it was bad because it looked like TJ already wanted to tap. Because his, his shoulder had popped out. Is it this? No. I'm looking for something Cody Garbrandt put up. But I can't find it. Where he wants to fight TJ again. But I cannot find it. I hate when I can't find things. And I'm looking for Is it this? No. Anyway. Cody put up a post. Or I saw something Cody said. Where he goes. I want to fight TJ. Um, TJ can't beat me without EPO or something like that. Like he. Oh, is this? No, this is not it. No, I don't know where it is. He must have taken it down or something. Is it this? No, it's not this either. Okay. Well, I can't find it, but he basically saying, I want to fight TJ because TJ should have not hit his injury. Like when I had my back injury, the UFC helped me out. Like he's basically saying that if he would have told somebody about it, he would have had a better outing, which I agree with. I agree with because he should have. He might have had to wait a little bit. He might have had to fight one more time which is probably what he didn't want to do but he should have because now he has to wait i don't know who he would fight next let's see like it was disastrous and in no shape or form is it alderman twelve like alderman says his shoulder didn't do that by itself my takedown did that to him so we shall see what happens but now let's see here so alderman won he's he came out recently and this is why nobody likes him unfortunately but He's got a point. He goes, I've been in like three straight fight camp championship fights. They take a toll on my body. Because um, I believe they were trying to set up Alderman Sterling versus Henry Cejudo for the co-main event for that Perth card. For the, the Bantamweight belt. And he straight out told them no. As it stands right now, right? I haven't spoken to anybody. But as it stands right now, Alderman says that he's not fighting till mid next year so around summertime of next year but we do have sean o'malley that just beat peter young we're gonna get into that real fast um there's marab but aljo and marab are homies so they're not gonna fight so okay before i do that we're gonna do, talk about sean o'malley versus peter yan so originally i was like everybody else i'm like peter's gonna destroy this guy peter's gonna destroy this guy and that's the end of this so the fight starts i gave the first okay i have a disclaimer I have not watched the fight again since watching it the first time. But originally, I gave it to Peter the first round. 
The second round, I think I also gave it to Peter. And then the third round, I think I gave it to Sean because he had that good combination. But it comes down to the first round, right? Like, I believe the first round is where they both got rocked. Like, Sean rocks Peter. I mean, Peter rocks Sean. No, Sean rocked Peter. And then Peter got it back and rocked Sean. <clears throat> and then I gave that round to Peter because he knocked him off his feet. Like, Peter got rocked, but he never went off. He stayed on his feet. Like, Peter rocked Sean and then took him off of his feet. So... I gave the edge to Peter in that. And then I gave Sean the third round because he had a good combination. But you could see it at some point in the fight. I don't remember when. Sean, like, you could see it in his face. Like, yo, I'm in a real fight here. Like, oh, my God. I've never felt this before. And even after the fact, he's like, I got to go back and look at it. But then he goes, I've definitely won the fight. Like, the fact that he won is irrelevant. Like, okay, you won. I believe Peter won, but he won. Like, there's anything Sean O'Malley proved on October 22nd, 2022 is that he is elite and he is who he says he is and he's everything he believed he was. It's just that we're all going to believe him now too. He's not just all hype. Now, where this leaves him is because I told you, remember I kept saying the way Marlon Vera gets the next title shot is if Jose Aldo lost, which he did. Um, TJ Dillashaw loses, which he did. And then... If Peter Yan lost, which he did because he beat Sean O'Malley. And people could say, oh, but Sean Zanko gave out. I don't care. I don't care. You can tell me all you want. Sean Zanko gave out. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Even though Sean Zanko gave out, he still lost, right? He lost. It's a stoppage win for Cheeto Vera. So, technically, Cheeto should be next. If they're going to do cheat, I mean, if Aljo is a man of his word, be like, okay, I'm going to do the interim belt. And if they do Sean O'Malley versus um, Henry Cejudo, I'm not going to be mad at that, but you give Marlon Vera the winner. Like, you're going to make him fight Peter Young? Why? He beat Sean O'Malley. He should be the one fighting for the interim belt against Henry if it's not going to be Aljo. Because honestly, if I'm Cheeto Vera, I'm going, give me Sean so I could become number one contender. I already beat him. I could beat him again. Because let me tell you, Cheeto Vera is a much better fighter than he was when he fought Sean O'Malley. I can see it. So we shall see what happens. But Bantamweight is on fire right now. But congratulations to Sean O'Malley. Congratulations to, to Aljamain Sterling. And then we're going to see Volk versus Islam next. Let's move on to this past weekend. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. It doesn't look like the rankings moved too much, bro. So something happened to Calvin... Cater's leg that it gave out that gave Arnold Allen the win. So if I'm Arnold Allen, I'm going, okay, Josh Emmett, I'll fight you. Brian Ortega, I'll fight you. So if he he should just say like he if one of these names comes out of the UFC's mouth, Josh Emmett, yes. Brian Ortega, yes, Yaya Rodriguez, yes. Max Holloway, yes. Like fight anybody because that'll help you keep your name out and again. Of course, it's easy for me to say because I'm not the one putting my body through training camps and stuff like that. But still, like what the UFC likes is for people to be saying yes and not hard to deal with. You get hard to deal with when you reach Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal status, and then you make the UFC do whatever you want. But until them, tell them yes and and tell them, tell them yes and they'll do whatever you want. So, do whatever they want. I'm sorry. I got distracted. So, Arnold Allen. The world is your oyster. Just say yes to anybody. Name Josh Emmett, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, Max Holloway. 
And of course, Alex Wokanowski, but he's got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> and hold on. Let me go back to October 22nd. Charles lost. Next fight, Rio de Janeiro, January 2023. Against, against who? It should be Conor McGregor. It should be, but that's not who I was thinking of. It should be. He should fight Benio Darius. Benio Darius is the man. That guy is one of my new favorite fighters. He's getting to the point where every time he fights, I need a watch. <laughs> my only disappointment is I didn't feel about this, like, uh, this about him sooner. Because this guy is the man, okay? Like, I was watching that fight with my mouth open, like, of how good it was. And then I went back and looked at Benio's fights. All his fights are like this, okay? Benio Darius is the man. Except the fight with Charles Benio. I know he's going to want a title shot, but right now it's... Let's look at it. You got Charles at one. You got Dustin. He's fighting Chandler in two weeks. You got Benil at four. Eesh. He could either fight Justin or Charles. Either one. Take it, bro. Like, take it. Because then if you beat them, you'll be like, now what, UFC? Who you want me to fight now? Although, I did hear he opted not to get ankle surgery. So I don't know if his like his ankle held up, but I don't know if his ankle will um will give out on him sooner or later. I don't know. I don't know. But you're gonna fight Charles. You have to fight Charles or Justin. And if you're ready to go January, you should fight him in January in Rio de Janeiro, <coughs> Brazil. Should be good. Should be good. Should be good. Now, and then the other thing I want to talk about is Manon Fiot. It's not Fiorot like I thought. It's Fiot. She beat Caitlin Chukagian. So what's her what's her rank? Where did they go? Oh, it's right here. She's number one. But there's Tyler there. So Valentina is clearly not fighting this year anymore. So I don't know if in early 2020, February or under, they'll try and match up Tyler and Manon for a title eliminator fight. Or if they just give it to Manon because she's new. Sorry, guys, I know that sounds gross. I don't mean to do that. But my sinuses aren't very clear just yet. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. But yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then I'm, and then Lauren and Jessica Andrade are going to fight. Lauren Murphy and Jessica Andrade, they're fighting. But yeah, man, crazy. Okay, let's move on to this weekend's fight night card. It's a pretty good one. Marina Rodriguez will take on Amanda Lemos. Neil Magny will take on Danny Rodriguez. Chase Sherman will take on Josh Parisian. Tagir Ulambekov will take on Nate Madsen. Madness. Grant Dawson will take on Mark Madsen. Derek Minner will take on Shillian Nuribeki. Miranda Maverick will take on Shayna Young. Mario Batista will take on Benito Lopez. Pauliana Viana will take on Jinich Hufre. Ludwig Julian will take on Johnny Munoz Jr. Carlos Cardellario will take on Jake Hadley. Tamir Vidal will take on Ramona Pascal. Okay. Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemus. I don't understand why she's fighting so low. Why are you fighting so low, Marina? Hmm? Tell me this. Why? You're number three. You're going to fight the number seven girl because Whaley's fighting Carla. Why didn't you go pick a fight? She probably tried, but Rose said no. <laughs> the only reason I say this is because 
Jessica Andrade is jumping between weight. She already beat Shinyan Yan and Dern. So, get, okay, I get that. That's why she's fighting Amanda Lemos. Because Andrade is jumping in between weight and Rose probably said no. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying. But if she wins, she better get the next title shot. This girl's the real deal, man. She's the real deal and I believe she could be only the fourth woman champion for Brazil. Following behind um, Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, Jessica Andrade, and then her. And then Danny Rodriguez is back fighting Neil Magny. He was supposed to fight him back in October, but something happened with his elbow. But he looks ready to go, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Miranda Maverick, I'm a big fan of hers. I'm a big fan of Pollyanna Rihanna. Big fan of hers. Yep, yep. Big fan, big fan. Can't wait. She's the one that beat up some dude that tried to jack her car. And then after that, we have UFC. 281 Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pijeda, Carla Esparza versus Yang Wei Li, Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Iron Mike Chandler, Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez, and which will be Frankie Edgar's retirement fight, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Pugliese, I don't know who that is, Brad Rydell versus Hanato Moicano, Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann, Molly McCann versus Aaron Blanchfield, Andre Petrovsky versus Wellington Truman, Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Silvana Gomez Juarez. <laughs> and then opening up the early prelims is Carlos Umberg versus Nicolie Nigumarino. I hope I said that right. I probably said that wrong. But anyway. The one that I don't understand why he's on so early is Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. I believe he should at least headline the prelims or open the main card. But I don't know why you guys have him on second to last. Why do you guys have him on second to last? That's messed up, man. You should have had him headline. That's a way better fight than Brad Riddle or Rydell versus Hanato Moicano. In my opinion. In my opinion. But Frankie Gutierrez, I mean, I was going to say Frankie, Frankie Edgar's retirement fight versus Chris Gutierrez. It's going to be crazy, man. I remember seeing Frankie's debut. I forgot who he fought, but I remember seeing it. Let's see. And he fought somebody good because everybody thought this guy was going to run through Frankie. Frankie's debut in the UFC, right? I need to make that very clear. Uh, Tyson Griffin. All the way back in 2007. Can you guys believe that? He even fought Spencer Fisher. I love Spencer Fisher. And then his first loss was against Gray Maynard. You know what's crazy about this? Is that they were following Frankie around for the MTV show True Life. He came out on that and he lost. And then after that, he beat Hermes Franca. He beat Sean Shirk. I don't know who Matt Beach is. I don't know who that is. But after that, he got to fight um, BJ Penn. He beat BJ twice. And then he drew with Gray Maynard. And then he beat him. And he went on a three-fight skate against Benson Henderson twice. Jose Aldo, he beat Charles Oliveira. He beat BJ again. He beat Cub Swanson. He beat Uriah Faber. He beat Chad Mendez. He lost to Jose again. He beat Jeremy Stevens. He beat the brakes off of Yair Rodriguez. He lost to Brian Ortega. He lost to Cub Swanson. He lost to Max Holloway. 
He lost to the Korean Zombie. He beat Pedro Munoz. And then he lost to Corey Sandhagen. And then lost to Marlon Vera. Man, Frankie Edgar, man. I love that guy. Is this going to be a featherweight? It's a bantamweight. Holy hell. And then you got Iron Mike Chandler who just re-signed with the UFC. He's going to fight Dustin Poirier. These guys really don't like each other. It's going to be a good fight. But this is what I want to see from Chandler because I'm very high on Chandler. Because you guys have to understand, I've been watching Chandler since he was in Bellator since 2012. So there's one thing you have to understand here. I'm very high on Chandler because if Chandler succeeds, I'm right. There's talent outside of the UFC that we all need to be paying attention to. Like Chandler's the very first step in proving that because he's not a homegrown talent. But he's become a UFC fan favorite like that. Like that, okay? Don't tell me he has it. I'm right if Mike Chandler wins this fight. But I can't see him get into firefights. He's got to use his wrestling a little bit more to help to help his defense. Bro, like, please stop getting into firefights. Please. And then I got to see Dustin use his thug jitsu. I mean, it's going to be a good fight, man. I can't wait. This is going to be fight of the night right here. And then Carla Esparza versus Yang Wei Li. Carla pulls this off. I don't care what anybody about the last fight. <laughs> Carla pulls this off. She's considered one of the GOATs. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, let's look at it, bro. Let's look at it. Joanna Yonjinjik beat her for the belt March 14, 2015. She beat Juliana Lima, lost to Randa Marcos, beat Marina Moros, beat Cynthia Calvillo, lost to Claudia Gadelia, lost to Tatiana Suarez, beat Virna Genjiroba, beat Alexa Grasso, beat Michelle Watterson. She beat Marina Rodriguez. She beat Jan Shainan. And then she beat Rose Namajunas for the belt. So look at this. In a span of almost seven years, she went one, one, two, three, two, three. That's three and three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. She went eight and three before winning the belt again. And then she went nine and three, just losing the belt. And she, it took her a while, but she got back to the belt. If she beats Wei Li Yang... A girl that beat Joanna twice, you have to consider Carla one of the GOATs because she was the original strawweight champion. And if she beats Wei Li, she has to be considered one of the GOATs. I don't care that her fucking one, two, a bunch of these were split decisions. I don't, that does not matter to me. The fact is she won. Okay. I have to look at the fact. Doesn't matter if you think she won or not. The same thing with Jake Paul. The, the, the fact is he won. You can say, oh, well, it's MVP. I don't care. He won. I thought he won that fight. Like, at the end of the night, I'm like, yeah, he won this fight. He looked better. Like, she won this fight. So, she wins in two weeks. We have to consider her one of the GOATs. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Piqueta. However you want to put it. Man, I can't wait for this fight because one of two things is going to happen. Israel shows that just because he's lost twice to this guy, <coughs> MMA is a different ball game. Or Alex has his number. Because I will tell you one thing. Alex can fight the way Israel's been beating these guys. Alex can fight him that way and will beat him. Because if you think Israel has the touch of death, Alex has it times two. I mean, Glover said it himself. Israel, daddy's home. Like, we're going to see, man. The only reason this fight's happening is because he's beating Israel twice. And let me tell you, those first two kickboxing fights are a lot closer than what people believe them to be. Because they were extremely close. Okay, so this is exciting. This is exciting. And then finally for UFC, we got 
UFC 282. I'm about to read you some of the, the card. Iri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira. Jan Brakovic versus Magomed Akilaev. Patty Pimblet versus Jared Gordon. Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Pontinibio. Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tepuria. Alexander Gustafsson versus Ovin St. Pru. Darren Till versus DeChris Duplices. Edmund Shabazian versus Dalcha Lumgimambula. Lazinho Rogerswide versus Chris Dacus. Raul Rojas Jr. versus Jay Perrine. Billy Colantano versus Alexander Hernandez. TJ Brown versus Eric Silva. Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Ronnie Lawrence versus Cameron Saiman. Vicente Salvador versus Daniel Del Silva. Oh my god, I can't believe Darren Till's fighting on this card. Hopefully he, he his thing doesn't he doesn't get hurt somehow. But so this proves it, right? Like John Jones isn't fighting on this card no matter how, unless something crazy happens and they somehow pull it off. But from what I know is that he really wanted to fight Francis. Francis is really hurt and probably isn't gonna fight till either Q one or Q two of next year. And then you have Steve Bay waiting in the wings somewhere, but Iri Prochatska versus Glover Teixeira. They should have really saved this for January. But I guess they had nobody left on the docket. So they had that. Jan Brakovic versus Magomed Akilaev. Great fight. <laughs> the next Conor McGregor. Greater Patty Pimblet returns. Um, Bryce Mitchell versus Elan Tapuria. That's a good fight right there. Can't wait. This card is going to be insane. I can't wait for that card. We're going to talk about this card more in detail next week because, like I said, I'm not going to be here for... By the time this card happens, it's the day... It's two days that I get back from Costa Rica, so... <laughs> so we'll talk about it more in depth next week. And then when I get back, we're going to do... For the YouTube video, we're going to do the PITM award show. I already got the nominees and all that stuff going. Actually, I don't. That's why we're going to do it. It should air around Christmas time so keep a lookout for that um so like I said Bellator is coming back November 18th I know they just had a fight it's gonna have two world title fights Vadim Nemkov will, will fight Corey, Corey Anderson I was gonna say Sanhagen and then the co-main event Usman Nurmagomedov will take on Patriki Pitbull for the lightweight belt on November 18th I gotta see if I can see this in Costa Rica somehow in Chicago should be good, man. Should be good. Roman Feraldo's coming back. Tyrell Fortune. Daniel Weichel's coming back. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. And then, to end the year, Ryzen and Bellator. They're going to do a Bellator and Ryzen versus Ryzen match. Because Bellator and Ryzen are set to usher in the new year with the bang. A Bellator versus Ryzen card is scheduled to close out 2022 in Japan's most iconic fight venue on New Year's Eve. Bellator MMA announced Monday, fighters from Bellator and Ryzen's rosters will compete against each other inside the 36,500-seat Saitama Super Arena on Saturday, December 31st. The two promotions have previously collaborated on events, but this marks the first time that top athletes from Bellator MMA and Ryzen will compete against each other throughout the entire card. Representing Bellator is featherweight champion Patricio Pitbull. Former featherweight champion AJ McKee and former bantamweight champions Juan Archuleta and Kiroji Haraguchi. Notably, Haraguchi is the reigning rising bantamweight champion. It is Haraguchi's second reign with the title dating back to December 31st, 2020. Four matches were announced 
at the special kickoff press conference on Wednesday at the Roppongi Hills Arena in Tokyo. Pitbull will take on Kebler Kiyoki. McKee will battle Roberto Sayatoshi. Archuleta will face Su Chu Kim and Haraguchi will face Hiroshima Ogokikubo. Okikubo, also named Ryzen's 40. Kyoki, 31 and 5, heads into the Pitbull fight as the newly crowned featherweight champion and hasn't lost a, a, since a 2018 decision to Mateusz Gamera. Satoshi is the IBJJF world champion and has submitted the likes of Johnny Case and Tofik Musayev. Kim is a two division road FC champion and Okikuburo is the reigning Ryzen Grand Prix winner. Dang, it's a good card. I'm watching. <laughs> Especially because my boy AJ McKee's fighting. I like that guy a lot. I'm watching. I'm watching. So, yeah, that's all I got. Again, next week, we're going to talk about UFC 282. I will try to get more information on Francis. I'm going to try and get the information for PFL. And I'm going to try and get a bunch of good information remember follow me punch in the mouth official on instagram official underscore p-i-t-m on twitter later guys deuces peace